Hello, this is AJ Bingham, CEO of the Bingham Group, and today our guest is Hayes County Judge Ruben Becerra. Welcome to the show, Judge. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me, AJ. And uh, your forte is absolutely squarely in line with the things that are so important to me as a county judge. Well, excellent. I know we, we connected recently at the Hispanic, Greater Austin Hispanic Chamber of Commerce's uh, Celebrando Gala, so I'm glad we ran to each other and get have a chance to talk today. I want to start just with an overview of what is a county judge, for those who don't know. That's right. Well, we have 254 counties in the state, and each state, I mean, each county has one county judge. And depending on the population, it's a sliding scale as to how much judicial bench work a judge, a county judge will do, and it'll mm -hmm. scale up to uh, pure administrative. But the county judge, if you see it through the lens of a corporation, a county judge is the CEO of the company. A county judge is the face, the chief budget officer, the, the chair of so many boards and commissions, and, and is a part of so many boards and commissions that it is a a real list of things that we do as county judges, uh, including director of emergency management and homeland security. But one of the, the key pieces that I find very interesting is on the judicial front, because I have the ability to do actual gaveling bona fide bench work and be purely administrative one day to the next. Yeah. So that's pretty dynamic. Yeah, I think that's something you, see, you probably probably is more common in like more of the rural counties, right? Where cities are smaller and the counties just effectively, you know, they, it's the kind of the bigger or there's the stronger administrative body, right? That's right. But um, the, the good part about it is uh, on the judicial lane, there are uh, different things in the judicial capacity that you do. For example, you have the ability to uh, influence the judicial system without actually doing bench work, which I am so proud of. Uh, we oh, here so. in Hayes County, for example, uh, we here, for example, have uh, a, a population overcrowding in our county jail, of which many people are not yet found guilty, never seen a judge yet, but can't leave our jail because they don't have money. Uh, it's a debtor's prison, as some may call it. You're poor, you're in Hayes County Jail, and you're going to stay there because there's no way to get you out. And the way you're going to get out is to see a judge. And, well, that could take some time. And so I have been pushing hard on that front. And one of the ways I've pushed on that front is by asking the sheriff every week before court to send my office a report of our outsourcing of inmates, of our uh, where they are, what the total population is, how many are outsourced and where. And I read that in court every day we have court. I read that in court so that people can see, understand that every time one of those numbers upticks, that is a failing uh, justice system in our county. And that is a opportunity missed to impact people in a positive manner, because instead of being in school or instead of being at home, taking care of their kids potentially, or at work, they're sitting in jail. And if that's not enough, costing us a bunch of taxpayer dollars. Mm -hmm. No, speaking of so increasing, to, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm just going to say, and, and and it's and it's really key to to modernizing our justice system because it's a huge expense. Never mind the human capital and the the trauma that it causes for so many folks, but it's actually very expensive to the tune of ten to fifteen thousand dollars a day, seven days a week, outsourcing inmates, 
seven days a week. So it's just a huge waste of money. And we could you use that money for better things. You know, speaking of just overall population growth, so Hayes County to backtrack or to, is the fastest growing county in the United States. Right. And again, That's we're right. talking, we're talking a little bit about this before the show. I, I grew up in the city of Austin proper. And so, I mean, within Hayes County of, you know, city of San Marcos where Texas state is formerly Southwest Texas, uh, you have dripping, right. you know, dripping Springs, Kyle, some, I mean, some, you know, which themselves are some of the fastest growing cities uh, in the state, right. if not the, you know, the country. And, you know, with that, um, you know, a lot of this occurred on, you know, well, it was, it's been growing, but kind of the, major shift is, is occurring on your, on your first term. And right. what was that like? So just, you know, what sort of the challenges, right? So you've, you've been in a seat for since 2018, your first term. Yes. And I want to, we'll get to your path to the elected office and why I wanted to run and your upcoming reelection, but with the County that's growing that fast, right? Nationally, you know, again, this is a big state, 254 counties in a very big country. What a, just when you came in the office, let me start. What do you as of as of right now? What are the challenges that you see? So some of the challenges we have, honestly, are the growth. The growth is so fast that it's actually a challenge. We have limited resources, and we have to be choosy with how we uh, support the growth. It must be in a way that is most uh, organic, but yet responsible. And for example, when Tesla decided to make Travis County uh, the the new headquarters, but before mm -hmm. that, the Gigafactory, those Your were factory. two separate transactions. They, uh, they were calling me as the deal was taking place and they said, Judge, if Travis County falls through, are you ready in Hayes County? And I said, absolutely, I'm ready in Hayes County, absolutely. And so uh, it's just a big challenge because one of my campaign pieces was to make Hayes County the central park of central Texas. And we can't just pave over it all so quickly because if we do, well, then we lose everything. And so it's a, it's a real opportunity to find what's coming up, capture it and share it with the limited resources and put things like a supplier for Tesla that just came in, for example, a few months ago into Kyle, grab a place that makes most sense for them because of the resources that we have, water, uh, labor, et cetera, and access to 35 and, and finding the placement the, the right fit for everything and everyone that wants to come here. Mm -hmm. I think that's our, that's our, uh, our space right now that we're just triangulating. And I'm just grateful that I have, for example, the greater San Marcos partnership helping yes. us in navigating that. We've had Jason, the show uh, previously as well. We had him on earlier in 2020. So great resource. And I think too, right. Just, you know, just from what I read, you know, cursory reviews of, uh, you know, local or area papers, Y'all are starting to get issues around affordability too, right? I mean, as as, as uh, you know, city of Austin has 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 done well. We weathered well during the pandemic overall, and we're continuing now to boom, as, as everyone knows. But those have ripples to the greater you know Central Texas area, particularly Hay you know Hayes County to the south of us and Williams County north of us. But your county, especially because you're getting the the benefits, if you will, of Austin's kind of overall growth, but then it's coming from San Antonio too. And what we refer to down here is the you know, I-35 corridor. Um, but, you know, I know just, again, we talked before the show, we're st I'm starting to read articles about affordability issues in New Braunfels in towns like that, which were, you know, where Schlitterbahn is based after those are from Texas. Mm -hmm. No, but those again, weren't issues necessarily five years ago, 10 years ago, right? 
And this, exactly. you know, obviously you, you, you work, you have, there's several cities in your county, but how do you, in your capacities, you know, as a county judge work around those issues or work, you know, kind of combat those issues or plan ahead? Well, I will tell you where that became ever so uh, present with my director of emergency management hat on during uh, all that we all know, COVID, for example, we have a great relationship with uh, department heads of the state and the Division of Emergency Management, Nim Kidd, for example. He was very helpful. The whole Division of Emergency Management was very helpful with us in Hayes County. And I was asked, because of our success in Hayes County, I was actually asked a few times to go and help in Travis County. And I was asked to help in uh, creating awareness of vaccination sites, of test sites, and of PPE sites. and, and that was in part because I happened to be also the first Latino county judge in our history, the first county judge, minority county judge in our history. And the, the comments that, that were made and, and rang so true when I was crossing the county line into this corridor that we all share is the workers, all the employees that you have in Travis County building the mm-hmm. entire new east side that's unfolding, they all live here in Hayes County. You know, mm-hmm. we have Euland, Niederwald, Buda, Dripping Springs, parts of Austin, uh, uh, Kyle, San Marcos, uh, Wimberley, Wood Creek. I mean, I can keep going. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of little cities and, and it's all, I won't call us a bedroom community because we are along 35. We have a lot of our own things moving around. But I will tell you that a huge amount of our population lives here and works in Travis County. Well, I know the times that I've uh, just driven to San Antonio in the morning for meetings, uh, I'd see the traffic inflow coming in. You kind of yes. tired that way, like you know, you know when to come in and when to when to leave Austin and when to come back in, just avoid that. And um, so, along those lines too, you know, what do you view as some of the opportunities in this next decade? In this in this decade, that's right. Opportunities in this decade. I made some notes. So, staying intentional, uh, we got to stay intentional. And what I mean by that is, we are. It is what it is. We're the darling of the dance right now, and so. Everyone wants to come to Hayes County as the numbers prove. And so we just have to be intentional with our, our developmental goals. And so what I'm working on is creating a big countywide blueprint describing our resources so that when someone wants to invest in our county, which by the way, as a small business owner all my life, I find that a very big honor and privilege for folks to want to invest in our county. A, and I will just go back just a bit to say that a real good friend of mine, Ophelia Vasquez Philo, who's one of our icons, she passed away, but one of our icons in our community, uh, she told me this story and she said, people used to tell me, why do you care for minimum wage jobs coming to San Marcos is where she lived. And, and, uh, and she said, well, I would rather my people stay in San Marcos and drive, than drive to Austin for that minimum wage job. So even if, and none of these jobs coming here are minimum wage jobs, just, mm-hmm. just to clarify that part, none of them are minimum wage jobs. We're already a competitive market. We have Bucky's offering $17 an hour. There's minimum wage jobs. If you're at a minimum wage rate, something's wrong and you need to evaluate what's going on because it's too competitive. But nevertheless, that's the philosophy that has always shaped me. I say, I am grateful for all the work that comes here. And just because of our industry and just because of our surroundings and our our geography with, you know, we're right in the middle of San Antonio and Austin. And so just because of our proximity to everything, 
we are squarely and well appointed to be choosy, you know, just support and encourage uh, speculative, speculative development so that when big industry wants to show up, uh, a big call center or whatever it may be, we have an opportunity to say there's a spot for you uh, for manufacturing. Uh, of course, we just uh, welcomed a, a flight simulator manufacturer mm -hmm. uh, here in Hayes County. And we have those wonderful jobs that aren't polluters in our community and our environment and yet have great paying jobs. And so those are the things we're wanting to address. So we want to stay intentional and not just be wide open for whatever to come around. It, it needs to be complemented to the overall synergy that's unfolding. Mm -hmm. In terms of development too, right? Because it, man, this is, I, I caught this on LinkedIn a few weeks ago. They were taught, it was in the vein of uh, the ripples of a, of a gigafactory, right? But this, the need for more industrial space on the corridor for suppliers looking for that, but also recognizing a lot of Hayes County and certain cities may not necessarily be, be built out. So you have to accommodate balancing the needs of uh, you know business needs and you know commercial, light, industrial, and so on. But also residential because you want those folks who are moving there for those jobs is again just to not commute to Austin to stay in 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 the county, right? And again, I know that's, that's right. not something necessarily that the, the court it, or the commissioner's court deals with directly or by or, you know unilaterally rather. But what are your what are your thoughts on that in, in terms of develop, development on both sides? So and yes, yeah. so I used to be a planning and zoning commissioner for the county seat. And I got that training and I was very grateful. The city invested a lot of training in me and taught me. Our businesses are in the downtown area. And so I've always uh, seen through the lens of a downtown business owner with parking problems. And, and through all my training, I've learned one thing. It's better to have a parking problem than to not have a parking problem. Yeah. And so I always thought that was a cool little thing to hear. And I'm all about density. I sincerely believe that the more dense we create our structures, uh, I don't believe we should be making anything single story anymore along the corridor. Everything should be two story plus because that's just the most responsible use of, of, our, of our space. And it'll allow you to do something in the smaller segments. You could do like the old town where you had your shop downstairs and you lived upstairs. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just... Density, I feel, is a, a big, big opportunity missed as people continue the urban sprawl. It just, I think it's counterproductive. Well, Judge, I know you'd find some uh, friendly ears on those comments in Austin. So people will probably be on the other side of that too, as you're, as you're well aware. Um, you know, I want to get to you. So what, you know, this, is, this was your first elected office. You served, you had multiple civic positions. This was your first elected office. What made you want to get into politics? So funny enough, um, as a small town business owner, and I've served on many boards and commissions, I was the president of the downtown association. I was the chair of the Main Street Advisory Board, chair of the Arts Commission. Um, I've served on every, practically every board and commission that, that the community has uh, to continue to provide useful effort and impact. And of course, to make sure business interests were uh, being tended to, and we weren't just going to get railroaded into some oblivion, uh, overburdening, because I have this belief that government should be there to help the people and not to take them out. Uh, the way I see government acting is they should say, what are you working on? How can I help? Versus overburdening with uh, arbitrary type uh, philosophies and uh, unpredictable uh, rules that are constantly shifting. I just, I don't support any of that. 
so we had a guy running, a uh, city council member running for mayor, and he had no ties in the community, no kids in the school district, no storefront, no employees, no, no anything, really. Nothing but a, a bureaucrat employee elected official is all he saw himself as. And this politician just wanted to keep getting reelected, and, and just that was his full-time job. And then he was running for mayor. And I said, if this guy runs for mayor and becomes our mayor, he has no dog in the hunt. He has no skin in the game. He has no reason to represent that small business storefront or the kids in the ISDs or any of the things that are going on in our community. He has nothing. He has nothing in the community. So I said, I'm not going to let him be a walk-on. And I knew nothing about politics, but I knew that I wasn't going to let him just walk on. And so I signed up to run for mayor. And that's... That's what uh, created the awareness because, funny enough, the idea wasn't original. A lot of people didn't like this guy. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, there were five of us that ran for mayor. And, uh, and that was good because I was, in the first run of it all, I was the highest vote getter, knowing nothing about door knocking or lit dropping or anything at all. I was the highest vote getter in the whole process. And that told me something. You know, That means that people resonated with what I was passionately pushing for, for uh, access, representation, and, and transparency. And in the runoff, I lost by 30, I don't know, 36, 39 votes. But I'm, after COVID, it's especially easier to say for me, but I, be, I became like deeply spiritual more than ever before and deep in faith more than ever before and God's will and God's time. And so I learned that that was preparation for this race, mm-hmm. because through that exposure, I had other judges and other folks in the community way outside of the county seats on Marcos uh, recruiting me, asking me to run for county judge. And I said, I don't even know what a county judge does. Can they influence people's lives in a positive manner? And they said, oh, yes, absolutely. Man, I had no idea. Now, in hindsight, I'm thinking, I am so glad I didn't win the race for mayor. And I was, my profile was raised running for mayor. and. I ran for judge and, and I ran just as hard with as much passion and pursuit and uh, got elected. And my opponent spent north of $700,000 and my wife and I spent pretty much most of the money ourselves, uh, $50,000. And so it was, it was definitely a big establishment commissioner uh, against a, a newcomer. And so we were the long shot. And I don't blame people for not believing we would win. And uh, we were just grateful that it turned out that we won. And so that was the that was the coolest thing to me to understand in a crazy new way the power to affect people's lives that lies in this very sweet spot of county government. Holy smokes, I had no idea. Right. And so now you're going in you're you're up for re-election and yeah. just you know, you're not you're not the, the the newcomer anymore, right? So, what, you know, how are you going into this? What do you hope to achieve? And again, what's your you know message to Hayes County voters on on you know electing you to another four years? So we have had magnificent strides. We have done an amazing amount of uh, things. We have pushed aggressively to modernize our justice system, and in that, of course, as I started earlier, it's not only the lives you're affecting, but also as a lifetime small business owner, man, I'm a 
cheapskate, penny-pinching fool. I got to literally, I got to tell you, I grab a nickel and I slice it down the middle and try to make it spend like two dimes. You know, I'm just always, always looking at ways to be most efficient. And when we're burning ten to $15,000 a day outsourcing inmates, I'm like, man, there's an opportunity to do something. And to think that we have so many people in our jail sitting there innocent, not yet found guilty. That's also saddening. And so we have lots of inefficiencies in our government that it has taken time. And I don't appreciate the pace at which government moves, generally speaking. But within my first term, we've managed to plug away $5 million to create our first public defender's office in ever in history. And, and that's huge because it's going to get people processed. If you get booked, if you get, if whatever happens to you, I'm not trying to say, let everybody out, but let, give them a process, right? Mm -hmm. We're all innocent until proven guilty. So what I seek to do is expedite that process in the judicial system. Okay. So we're in, in the works on that and in motion. I want to see that get done. I want to see that built and open and working because there are too many places where it could still get flushed away back into a corner somewhere and, and, and just lie there to rot. Mm -hmm. Another thing I'm doing that I'm so grateful for that uh, the court, I say I, but we are all the votings, uh, the voting court, but also a no-kill animal shelter for the central and northern part of Hayes County. So we have an opportunity to stop killing animals uh, needlessly. You know, we're euthanizing animals because our little baby animal shelter here is overloaded and we can't we can't run it right and so what we need is a new facility centrally located to capture the dripping springs edge of austin buda kyle all the central part of, of the county more easily instead of having to drive an hour to come uh, see if your your pet was picked up an hour one way is currently mm -hmm. what the situation is so we've got that awesome thing in motion and then another thing i'm so proud of is we have a uh, request for a proposal out right now for a center for mental wellness, education, and research. So what does that mean? Mental health hospital. We're gonna build a mental health hospital here in Hayes County, but that's, although it's a passion of mine and I push on it hard, it took me getting the support of the court and the community to see the need to articulate just the impact, especially through COVID, of just how dire the need is here in our county. We belong to the uh, Hill Country MHDD, Mental Health Development, Developmental Disabilities uh, Organization. It's like a 19-county footprint that uh, manages MHDD for 19 counties, and we're a part of that group. Hayes County takes approximately 60% of their funding. I mean, we have a huge need here, and, and we have that in motion. We have literally the roadmap articulated for uh, assessing the true capacity. I'm copying at this moment in time, the Uvalde model. They have a 48 bed facility that they've drawn out. Uh, I've spoken to their architects, their engineers, and the CEO of all that space. And it seems as though their 48 bed facility is a great starting point for us. I don't know if that'll be enough. That's what the assessment will determine. But I wanna make it a holistic center for mental wellness, not a mental health hospital. I'm even changing the name of it. It's not a, you know, that like in the movies, a, a cloudy, murky, gray building up high yeah. on a hill, just, you know, with cobwebs and behind bars. No, no, this needs to be a place where folks can come, interact, be in, have uh, the high school, have field trips there, have the university do teaching there, and also field trips, have a place where you can have just in and out where we could destigmatize uh, mental health uh, and, and get people the help they deserve. Yeah. I mean, that's... That's just some of what I've accomplished so far in my first term. And I want to see it to fruition 
and the second term will help make sure that gets concreted in. I love it. And I want to also go back to one last question. So it relates back to the I-35 corridor, but in, in relating also to just, you know, should you be reelected, but just how do you, how has your role as county judge, um, how have you engaged with your regional partners, right? So you mentioned the greater, I'm sorry, the greater San Marcos partnership, San Marcos but also, partnership. yes, but also, you know, city of all the cities within, you know, city of Austin, Travis County, and, you know, the count, you know, counties and cities going through up through the corridor to San Antonio. But how is that? How has that relationship been? Are you feeling that there is uh, the same regional view? I mean, there's obviously there's local needs, but looking at Central Texas as a region and the needs of the region and coordinating resources across, you know, or across cities and metros um, just to achieve kind of I think, the goal we all want of prosperity for our citizens. Right on. So what I have found to be most useful are the establishments of the councils of government that are in place. And Judge, I have been people very... who don't know what the, the cogs are. What are the cogs? Okay, you bet. So a council of government, for example, one that comes to mind is Campo, you know, mm -hmm. when we're talking about infrastructure and the corridor. I have a meeting with the CEO of Campo. We did a ribbon cutting here on Posey Road. The last bridge and two-lane frontage road in our county just got deleted, and we had a brand-new, modernized uh, overpass now. And so now that, that gives us a full reset. We don't have any more antiquated processes. In that ribbon cutting, I was meeting with the top brass of TxDOT, and of course, uh, CAMPO is Capital Area Metropolitan Planning Organization. It's a, it's a catchy little acronym that basically grabs representatives and its population base the representatives from all the different jurisdictions in the area and it's a big footprint and what we do is we send for example Hayes County sends one of our commissioners as a representative of Campo and then there are technical groups within those organizations that we send our department heads for example from transportation and from uh, different parts for different pieces and then they give technical advice and they tease out uh, projects and they they help to create shovel ready road mapping prioritizing and basically to take a step back and see the region as it unfolds so that we become one cohesive unit instead of a piecemeal or or quilt if you will of, mm -hmm. of hodgepodge mess and so i really believe in these organizations because they help us to be a less wasteful um less wasteful unfolding and development of our region Got it. Uh, judge, thank you for your time. Judge Ruben Becerra is the county judge for Hayes County, the fastest growing county in the U.S. Judge, we wish you well in your reelection and thank you for your time.